So hi, Ellie, and hi, Charlotte. So thank you so much for joining me today for the Socialista podcast, episode one. And today we're going to be discussing the future of luxury experiences. Um, Socialista is a women's only community, and we're really, really interested in deep diving into what the future of community, luxury, hospitality, culture, and the arts, and so on is. And um, I'm really excited to have you both here so we can kind of you know, discuss that and then also um, educate our community about the really exciting developments in the tech world, in the Web3 world. Um, so, yeah, so Charlotte, I know you're the founder of Eleven. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and you kind of started doing that, um, but you originally trained as a lawyer, correct? Yes. And working in artist management. Mm-hmm. And then now developing 11 World. So do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been working in the music industry my entire career. Um, I worked at, um, in artist management and also record labels. And I think um, we, me and one of the artists that I manage, who's also now my co-founder, um, like we started getting... I don't know. We were always interested in technology and our, and our approach to her career was always kind of wiggly. And we always were just like, it wasn't like a straightforward way. We, I don't know. We were always looking at like alternative ways to make money. We were always on a hustle. Like everyone was always yeah. like, where'd you get that money from? Like, where did that come from? Like, well, that opportunity. And we were always just on a hustle. So we were always looking at different things. And then I think like beginning of last year, I was just getting really dissatisfied with, where I sat in the music industry and my ability to help artists maybe at scale. Like I think as an artist manager, I could only help like one at a time, like, or like a handful at a time because of just capacity. So um, I was kind of getting interested in the web three space. And then I went down the rabbit hole of web three, like really far. And, and then I realized that like, I loved everything that was kind of happening there and I really saw opportunity, but like it was a full-time job just figuring out, like how everything worked, yeah. uh, the technology, all that stuff. So we wanted to, so then me and my co-founder Jasmine, we were like, okay, well, how do we make this technology like really accessible to like all artists? Yeah. Not, just, not just the rich ones that kind of, not just like Snoop Dogg or the rich ones that kind of afford to like hire like amazing teams. Like how do people just get started? And so that's where Eleven was born, was like trying to make a platform that, so Eleven kind of, at its core is three parts it's like artists can present their work we really want to make that immersive eventually like in our first version it won't be but like artists be able to post their work the second um second part is a live community so um you're an artist like most um kind of devoted fans will like join your community and they'll be able to live chat with each other as well as live chat with the artist and that will develop out we have like other features that we want to do there and then the third part is artists literally being able to like mint an nft sell nfts to their fans from like their phone like literally with like the most simple like we reduced as many steps yeah. as possible like we made <laughs> as simple as possible so that's what 11 is and it's all just trying to be like seeing this technology and seeing the opportunity there but trying to make it as accessible as possible so that is the long in a nutshell that's amazing and when it all comes together i think it's going to be so cool mm-hmm. and what is um, what is like the time scale for all of this launching so we are building um i think like one of the important things um that i wanted to get right was i think a lot of companies especially me working having worked in record labels and stuff it's like 
every couple months like a new company comes on the scene and they're like we're gonna like change the way you work and we're gonna save the music industry and we're gonna like you're gonna earn loads of money for us or this that, and the other and then like they disappear six months later or I don't know like <clears throat> it just feels a bit salesy and what we kind of wanted to uh, what we're putting the groundwork in with now is like actually building a community of artists having them involved in the build of the platform um so that like we're building it for them because we are them. Like my co-founder's an artist, I'm an artist manager, like it's being built for them. So that's really important. We're building um, like actually the development of the product. Um, we'll be able to start like soft testing it with um, like our closest friends and stuff um, in August-ish. <laughs> Don't quote me on it. <laughs> August-ish, hopefully. And then we'll be able to have something that we can beta test um, with like a wider group of artists in November. So that's the kind of timescale. Um, but yeah, like we really want to have artists involved in the feedback of the product because um, it's really important to us that artists actually like it. And there's a lot of stuff in like Web3 that people are building that's like so ugly and so like unfriendly and we just want to be like the friendly guys, you know? Um, you want to get it right. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Sure. Okay, that sounds amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Ellie, um, Ellie is a big deal in the Web3 art world. Um, you've worked with lots of really cool brands um, like Apple and Levi's, and you have a really, really, you know, beautiful kind of psychedelic kind of style. Um, what is your inspiration? And also, you have a new project coming up as well, so let us know more about that. Yeah, I have I have a couple things in the works. <laughs> um, I mean... Overall, my, my general inspiration just as an artist um, is is accessibility, I guess, um, and bringing, at least inspiring viewers to consider other perspectives, um, which I think is probably a core ethos of like psychedelia um, and, and the one like tenet of it that I really feel like I live by. Um, so that's... Yeah, very, very like high level, you know, what I'm trying to do as an artist and what inspires me. Oh, amazing. And and yeah, what is your, your next project that's coming out? Um, my next project is, hold on a second, I need to switch my microphone. Project is actually going to be, well, I have a solo exhibition that hasn't been announced yet, but perhaps by the time this goes out it will be public knowledge <laughs> um yes yeah, so i have a big solo exhibition opening in new york city at the end of june um i'm very excited about that it's called in the screen i'm everything it yeah. will be a really cool kind of immersive experience of different um artworks that i've done in different mediums um and then on top of that i'm also working concurrently on launching a fashion brand. I'm actually wearing one of my test pieces today. Oh, <laughs> That's wow. all I've been wearing lately. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and the, probably the first item that will be available publicly for sale will actually have an NFT component to it. Potentially yeah. I'm working with a, with a web three brand that is going to be partnering with me on a marketplace experience. Um, that eventually this will be like a, you know, potentially like a token gated thing or, 
lots of different really cool use cases for what can be done with Web3 and, and fashion. Yeah. So that's kind of having like the digital and physical component and kind of combining that, right? Exactly. Sounds very exciting. And um, I can't wait to, to check out some of these items. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for the introduction, ladies. So yeah, let's um, get into it. So first of all, I wanted to ask you, um, in terms of Web3 technology, what would you, how would you define um, a luxury experience? Um, Charlotte? I think like, I think like a luxury experience generally for me is like something, I think like in the world now, everything is so fast. So Web2 social media, um, and they're like fast food, fast fashion, fast travel like all these things and I think like for me a luxury experience is like having like something that makes me stop and slow down and so I think like where that speaks to web three is that like instead of just clicking like on Instagram like casually with like not engaging with the content and like literally just scrolling on a feed like for me the luxury experience come in is like it's a brand you love or a, a creator that you love or I don't know like a, a, a travel experience I don't know something that you love and you want to spend time with it in like a more meaningful way and like take time out of your day to engage with it and so that for me like I don't know like I'm I'm a mum and I'm building a business and so for me like everything is so chaotic so for me something that's luxury is like allowing me to pause and have my attention for a longer period of time um and get really deep and like involved in it and um kind of like revel in it you know like a good book like when you can just like switch off from the rest of the world and just like be absorbed by it and so that for me is like where the web three like connective kind of tissue comes in is like because web three allows like you closer relationship with like your favorite brand or favorite artist and like a more like intimate personalized experience that to me is where luxury lies and I think like when you're looking at take a brand like Dior which like you know they have like accessible lines like fragrances like over the years they've like they have like a brand like Dior will have like you know like the really really premium end and then they'll have the really accessible end like you can go buy like a Dior belt or whatever and it's not that crazy and so I think like this now gives like a premium brand or an independent brand like the opportunity to um make a more personal experience for for a consumer and that to me is where like luxury comes from yeah yeah I I totally agree with you it's um yeah the world is so fast-paced today so being able to kind of just kind of really take something in and kind of it becomes a more quality like a more high quality experience um and yeah and that in itself in it like and and I think if it's like a brand and then you can be part of a smaller super fan community with that brand and you're meeting like-minded people instead of like, it's just cutting out the noise and you're meeting and interacting with people that are like have the same interest as you. I think that that's like, so um, kind of hard to find in the real world. Like now, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think, Ellie? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with what Charlotte is saying. And and building on that, for me, what makes an experience like a a luxury experience is um, 
the like anticipation of what you could want before you would even necessarily think to ask for it. Um, just like giving someone more room in their brain to hold for the experience itself or just for nothingness. <laughs> you know, it's such a crazy world that we live in hyper connected. Um, just having the ability to like fully immerse yourself in any experience, I would say is luxurious, but also things that really play to heighten your senses. Um, you know, especially your physical, your physical senses. So much of what we do is digital. Um, and it includes like web three, right? That's like a, an entirely digital world or, you know, sometimes digital, but there is that connection there with, with web three, with blockchain technology, um, you know, more, more of your information and what you are interested in is, accessible. And there are ways that companies on the blockchain can create luxury and custom experiences and um, things that really are super, super bespoke to an individual. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of like synergy there between these things. Yeah, I totally agree with you um, about the bespoke experiences and what you said about anticipating someone's needs before they even realize it themselves. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, and as um, you're both creatives, what exciting ways are you seeing Web3 impact um, sectors such as art, fashion, travel, music, and so on? Um, I mean, so uh, most people, I feel like, have some knowledge of the ways that Web3 um, has impacted the art sector. I feel like that mm -hmm. was like the, the major kind of news cycle that's what we've been talking about for a couple of years now. And overall, I think it's a net positive um, for sure. I'm very excited about other things like um, fashion, music, travel, fashion in particular. I actually had the wonderful experience of creating um, a line of digital fashion headpieces with the first um yeah, Web3 fashion house called The Fabricant that launched recently and really opened up my eyes to what's possible in the fashion world uh, within Web3. And then just recently, um, I was really excited to hear that Louis Vuitton is launching a really cool initiative of NFT blockchain minted um, basically like a pass that gets you all kinds of access to potentially luxurious experiences and products. They're called treasure trunks. There's going to be a limited edition of them and they're, you know, pretty hefty price tag. I'm really curious to see how the rollout goes, but overall it's a great signal to the industry. Like this is huge. Having on-chain provenance for high fashion brands, that is tremendous. I mean, that could potentially have a huge impact on, you know, knockoffs basically being able to being able to clearly validate if the product that you're interested in is legit um so i'm really excited about that and music as well there's some really really interesting platforms um that give musicians the opportunity to directly monetize off of their works um obviously i think charlotte probably has a whole lot to say yeah. about that <laughs> 
Um, but it is definitely exciting. As we all know, the music industry hasn't really been a very lucrative financially and and otherwise uh, place for musicians to be for quite some time, which is really not the way that it should be. Uh, music is incredibly important to me, at, at least, and I would love to see um, creators be fairly compensated across the board, you know, um, and travel. I'm, I'm seeing lots of like, again, like token gated um, travel, like, uh, I guess this kind of isn't an intersection between travel and luxury, but there's a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization that is called LinksDAO that has basically um, created this community that is putting together the first like web three ownership of an actual physical golf course, a very nice golf course in Scotland. We continue. Um, do you want to explain to listeners what a DAO is? Yeah, for sure. Um, a DAO. I'll give like a really simple explanation because I'm not, I'm not like super technically into the nuts and bolts of what makes a DAO what it is. But I'm, I am in a couple. Basically, what it is is it's, it's a system of organization that is decentralized, meaning that the the goal is that there isn't one person or group of people that right. make decisions for everyone, which is kind of how right. everything works nowadays. Um, usually the way these are organized is through the distribution of tokens, which are on the blockchain um, and members of the DAO get tokens and that's what you use to vote on different initiatives. Um, and so there are lots of different ways that a DAO can be structured, but the general, the general gist of it is that it is, um, you know, a fair, uh, way to, to organize people and to get things done. There are drawbacks and advantages to it, but they definitely were a big part of like the web three boom that we saw in early 2021 where DAOs coming into the picture and doing really legit big things like link style, you know, actually, you know, crowdfunding, essentially the purchase of an, a golf course and also giving access to members to other courses um, all throughout the world. You know, it's a really great um, example of a company in Web3 or it's not really a company. It's a organization in Web3 that's doing work related to travel and luxury experiences. Uh, that sounds amazing. And um, in the, if I'm correct, they, so because they're a DAO, it's basically where they're kind of making all the decisions together and they voted on where to like buy their first golf course, for example. So it would usually be that like um, the DAO will have to come together with like a common purpose or a common like North Star goal. And I think that there's a, there are different levels of like, some of them are like they're voting on all the decisions. Some of them are vote like sometimes there'll be like a, a more senior committee within that um, DAO, and then they put like certain decisions to the to vote. I think there's like we're going to see quite a lot of evolution with DAOs because there's been a lot of um, DAOs that are kind of ultimately like failed in their DAO-ness um, and being kind of cru like um, criticised for that because it's really difficult to. Um, I think that like, we haven't really found like um, many examples yet of DAOs that have been able to operate with 
profitably it's quite difficult to do both if like because usually when you're like a commercial business there's like one person that's like making the hard decisions and when you have a lot of people making those decisions it's this it, i think like we've seen so far that like it's a really great concept and there's amazing work being done but there are very few that have figured out the balance to be able to like commercial like keep continue or like to pay the people that are working like full-time on that project um so i think it's such an interesting space and it's an amazing thing um but it's kind of like like all of this stuff it's like in its infancy yeah absolutely and i think just having this golf club as a doubt i think it makes people feel so much closer to the organization that they ever would compared to a regular kind of membership because it's like you're shaping that and it just you know, for you know, having this kind of like you know the NFT collections associated with it, um, and that kind of NFT membership, it really is. It's hard for me to explain, but it's like a more special experience. Um, I don't know if anyone wants to kind of. Well, I think that like especially, I think like where DAOs have like become so um, kind of important is I think like over without me getting too deep here, but like over the last like 10, 15 years or maybe even 20 years, like I think like people have become like more and more disillusioned with like government and like and like corporations and like seeing like the bad things that like top down businesses and top down structures can do to the planet, to, you know, like women's health care, like all these, you know, different areas of you know, everything that's happened over the last 20 years, like since like the financial crash, um, like the first financial crash in this century. Um, And so I think it's like, this is like a way of putting like the power back into the hands of the people and people like squirreling away, like making their own communities. And obviously like some of them, like this Lynx golf course, like I'm imagining they're relatively wealthy people that are involved, maybe, maybe not, but like there are different types of communities that like can find stuff that is like meaningful to them and just go ahead and do it instead of like waiting for the opportunity to come along. It's like building those communities to go and build for yourselves. Yeah, that exactly. Is the vibe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think what Ellie mentioned also about um, going back to the fashion thing about counterfeit um, goods. And that's really interesting to me because I did, I remember reading an article, um, I think it was in the New York times um, where someone was exposing all of the kind of counterfeit goods market um, in China and how it's becoming very commonplace and how all these kind of products are now infiltrating the luxury good markets, um, you know, in, in the UK, in the US, and no one can tell the difference anymore. And the luxury brand, like, they're, they're fully aware this is going on, but there's nothing they can do about it. Do you, do you guys think um, blockchain technology can um can help that do you think it's important i think that theoretically blockchain technology would completely solve that but i think that there that it's more nuanced than that um because there are you know individuals who are buying who are knowingly buying fake uh you know high fashion because they can't afford the original and or maybe they just don't care you can't tell the difference like looking at it and maybe then it doesn't matter to them and so for those individuals it's not really that big of a deal you know if you're if you're knowingly buying a counterfeit it doesn't matter to you if you can validate that being counterfeit or not but it could matter in cases of resale i could see that being a thing i've definitely known people who 
thought that they were buying a legitimate, you know, vintage whatever bag. And then they find out later that that's not what they ended up buying. And that's a problem. So it's really creating provenance now. And I think it could actually be more useful, like down the line when these these items have vintage um, appeal and they're like collector's items. Um, some people obviously treat them like collector's items right now is they're like, you know, newly released. But I think it, I think it is a helpful thing overall. I don't think that, I think part of the reason why high fashion brands aren't like focusing too much on countering this is because it's different markets. A person who's buying a counterfeit wouldn't otherwise go spend $2,000 on that regular thing for the most part. Um, but obviously there could be situations where people are genuinely being misled into thinking that they're buying an original item and they're not, and that's not okay. But I, I'm hypothesizing that most people know that they're buying fakes. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. As in, there'll always be a market for counterfeits. So there's, it's hard to get away from that. Um, but you're right, maybe in the future. It's the same as like um, in the music industry is like there is going to be this emergence of like Web3 music with artists getting paid more for their, you know, more for like exclusive and more premium experiences and more premium versions of the music like and that kind of came along when like jay-z and and that collective um like those people that were involved in like releasing tidal and that was meant to be like more high fidelity music and there will be people that are like really into that and they'll pay more to have the high fidelity music but there are always going to be people that will are quite happy to pay like whatever 9.99 a month for spotify and they're basically getting music for free like artists are not getting paid for that music like effectively and so like there will always be people that like aren't engaged in the process and i don't think you can you can't change that consumer behavior like that is that is what it is but it what you can do is like elevate other experiences for people that are in a position or are that devoted and i think like the provenance thing comes into play as well if you like um ellie's saying is like some pieces are like collectible and instead of like that like if you look at like art over the last like 200 years like art goes missing and no one knows who owns it and like these really important pieces of art will go missing like especially like during like world war two like art went missing whereas if you had like this technology in players like that art like you can track it and you can see where it ended up and so things that are of like cultural significance and i would argue that like fashion is of cultural significance like all these things are it's traceable and so that's like a really um important thing that i think like maybe gets like maybe maybe seems frivolous now or like it's not like an essential but i think it's like we're um, future-proofing yeah. by implementing the technology. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said about the people that are engaged. How do we kind of make the experiences even richer for them? Because they are, you know, they're actually in fully engaged, supporting the brand. Um, and I think there's so much um, room for innovation in that area to really kind of reward those um, customers um, and so, Charlotte, do you have anything else to add about um, any kind of exciting advancements you're seeing, especially in the music area? Yeah, I think like we're so early, like everything is so in its infancy. And I think I think we saw over the last couple of years, like a lot of overhyped things, especially in the NFT space, especially with like certain music artists that are already high profile, like leveraging off of that hype. And I think now we're in like a, a quieter market. 
and where we can start to look and build on kind of actually like what are the what are the real problems that artists facing like where can we add where is the value add here with the technology i think one of them is um kind of as ellie said as well as like token gating um experiences for premium fans like how i see it is like social web to social media it's gonna exist i don't think it's going anywhere anywhere anytime soon like you're going to use that as your big net to like capture a wide audience some of them are literally going to be so unengaged like they might like one of your posts ever in your entire relationship with them but you'll be able to filter down like your premium super fans into a more bespoke community space and be able to like super serve them um and you'll be able to have like one-on-one contact with them where you can like as Ellie said like you can um kind of um predict what they're going to want or you can you can basically get them involved if you're an artist in your process or however you want to have that relationship i think the other way we're going to see this is in terms of ticketing i think ticketing is a really important one like we've seen like taylor swift uh, is a really prime example of like bots buying up tickets websites crashing when tickets are released um and i think like um nft ticketing is going to be really really important to like prevent that because bots are a massive problem and like hyperinflating ticket sales the artist doesn't see um you know if, if a ticket goes from being like a hundred dollars to like a thousand dollars the artist doesn't benefit from that the only person that does is the person that implemented the bot purchase um so it's things like that i think that I'm trying to think what else. Um, I think that you're going to, I think like the on-chain royalty payments, royalties are notoriously really difficult to trace and, and account for with artists. And I won't get too deep into like the music industry on like why that is. There are multiple parties involved in everything. And I think like the instant payment that like um, blockchain provides um, and like the track and traceability of royalties is going to be really important. It's kind of boring but also really really important um so yeah i think like those are the kind of three of like the kind of crucial areas that i see happening my my area in terms of 11 is like providing these or like encouraging these like premium fan experiences that's where i see for myself where i'm kind of traveling um yeah that sounds really exciting and it brings us on to the next question which is um, so I've seen the world of Web3 NFTs and so on. It's very much rooted in kind of really strong communities. And it's so interesting to see these kind of communities gathering around these kind of different projects. Um, so how do you think this technology is going to you know, bring people together and kind of create communities you know, in the world of music, fashion and so on? Um, Ellie? Yeah, I think I... I feel like since since the big Web3 boom, I've been seeing lots and lots of examples of communities coming together towards common goals. Um, I'm in a, in a DAO called Refraction that uh, produces really incredible music and art events all over the world. Um, it's artist-led and it's they're actually doing the work that they set out to do. They're achieving the goals that they set out when they first organized. And it is really exciting um, connecting artists with resources that they might not have had access to um, creating grants and funds. Um, I've received fellowships in web three, which I, you know, never have qualified for any sort of fellowship in the, 
regular world, <laughs> Web2 world, <laughs> IRL, um, I've felt more empowered and supported than I ever have been in my, you know, last 15 plus years as an artist um, until until I got involved in Web3 and the different communities there. So just on a personal level, I think it's it makes a huge impact. I mean, it's the internet, so it's easy to connect. Um, it's not easy to make all of those connections meaningful. And I think that the people who are passionate about Web3, about digital art, about NFTs, um, having that in common, that passion in common really does strengthen these bonds, um, even when they're potentially all you know, online base. So it's, it's a good, exciting thing in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds amazing. So in, in a way, so it's, that's a DAO as well that you're part of, and it helps you to kind of feel very much empowered, um, to, and kind of like to, just to engage with those other, with those kind of fellow people. So I think that's, that's really cool. Um, Charlotte, what, what kind of um, ways have you seen communities come together? Um, so I'm also part of a few DAOs. <laughs> um, and I think like one DAO that I'm a part of, it's called Water and Music. It's like a music and technology DAO, research DAO. And that has been like, it's just like finding your people. I think that like the online world is really, really noisy. And I think like, I think humans have always been drawn to like looking at ways that they can find their people. And I was re- re- recently reading, um, there's a new book by um, a woman called Amber Arterton and it's called like the rise of virtual communities or yeah, the rise of virtual communities. And it's, she's talking to people that were like building these like online commute or virtual communities since pre-internet when it was like dial up and you'd have to dial up into be able to post on like message boards and what, she was talking about and what they were talking about on this in this book was like people have always been interested in gravitating and finding like their tribe online and I think it just supplements the the in real life experience and I think it's just been like sped up I think like with Fortnite and Roblox like more people are spending more time on those platforms than they do on any other social media platform so I think that like it's really clear that people like interacting and finding their people online and being able to communicate and that's why like Reddit's been so successful on those things and I think that it's like in a world where you're just like operating and you get put into certain you know you have to go to school like there's a kid and you know kids in school like you want to find like the weirdos like you you want to find like the weirdos that appreciate you and the, the stuff that you're about so that's like I think it gives you a sense of belonging and as I said before, I think like over the last 20 years, just like the way politics are, the way like wealth is distributed, like the arts receives like less and less money from like the government um, in the UK. I don't know about anywhere else, but in the UK, definitely. And so if there are communities that are, like can like foster um, a shared purpose and can like pool resources to be able to fund like purposeful projects that's amazing like we're basically just taking it all into our own hands and that's so exciting to be part of that and I think that like it's that real like feeling like kind of rebellious and feeling part of like your own your own movement of like your own kind of fellow weirdos in whatever niche you might fall in so um I don't know that was a really rambling thing I don't know what like the the, the key takeaways were there but um no I get you Weird stuff. When it comes to music, like I like the niche weird stuff. Like, and I think like 
like Instagram has been like so soul crushing if you manage artists and you work with artists because they look at other artists like that are doing well and are able to game the algorithm. And I think that like success in gaming the algorithm is so different to being like a good artist. Like those two things are like totally different school skill sets. And so for me, it's like giving um, artists or, or people with talent um, the opportunity to find their like weirdo tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I totally resonate with that. Yeah, I think since forever, I've always been looking for communities since I can remember, since I found the internet. I've always been trying to find where's my corner, where's my people, where's my tribe. Um, and it's just so exciting now with Web3 that we can actually kind of build those communities together as opposed to, um, you know, somebody owns, you know, this platform or, you know, this forum and, you know, what, what they say goes and um, I think that's going to be really exciting to to see how how that develops. Um, so what? So speaking of luxury, how do you think um, Web three can impact kind of VIP experiences? Because we've touched on super fans and things like that. Um, yeah, any ideas or have you seen anything interesting? Um, Ellie, do you want to go? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind, like the first example of of you know, someone or some people trying to do that would actually be Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, they really like embrace the idea of if you have one of these NFTs, you're in our club and you will have, you know, ex access to luxury experiences. Um, I don't know too, too much about the details of all the different experiences they have, but I know early, early on, they actually had like a yacht somewhere in LA where people could go and they had like at least one event there. Um, I think they have really interesting and cool programming and surrounding lots of different NFT and web three um, events uh, throughout the world. So I think that that's like probably the, the, the most common and straightforward way for that is for things to be token gated for you to be a holder to of a certain NFT or a series of NFTs that gets you access to a different experience, um, whether it's an actual event or sometimes I've seen it used for minting artwork. Like if you if you're a holder of this NFT and you're part of this community, that gives you access to, you know top tier artists special like a special edition by them that's just for your community and um you know things like that and i i really i think that that's a really thoughtful um and like yeah appropriate way of, of using the technology to really build on that luxury experience and and create something unique and special that's built on on blockchain for me for me like I really love the idea that like, say you're a Rihanna fan, but you've been a Rihanna fan. I'm just using Rihanna as an example. You've been a Rihanna fan since like the first single, you went to the first ever Rihanna concert. Like I imagine it was probably in New York. Like you've been the day one Rihanna fan and you've gone to like every show that you could possibly go to physically since Rihanna first came out. Like as it currently stands, Rihanna would have no idea who you are. Rihanna doesn't own like, Ticketmaster will own like the data from the sale of the tickets. Maybe her record label will own the data of like the people that have signed up to her mailing list through her website, whatever. Like, you know, 
and like so rihanna has like rihanna herself has no idea like you could be you could have spent like a million dollars on rihanna in your lifetime as a fan with her and she has no idea and so like that to me is like if you're an artist now and you may not be like a big someone yet but i would start like giving away like nfts like super low key vibes like giving away nfts or like super cheap like doesn't have to be wild but then it just means like and just start getting your fans like familiar with like that kind of transaction and then it means you can start like seeing who turns up to your shows like time and time again you can see um those people and then you can start rewarding them like imagine if rihanna knew that like there was a fan that had spent like a million bucks on her like during like the last 20 years 15 20 years however long like she would be like giving those people like she'd be like come to the super bowl gig or you know she could be doing stuff that's like crazy cool that like she would give to no one because she's like well this person's like invested in my career like look how invested they are and you can start tracking that and you can start doing stuff that's like really cool like not just like oh here's like a one-off merch design that like you can start really being like okay well i can see how invested this person is with me and this is how i want to reward them so i think that like, that is a really cool way of like being able to give super premium um super super premium experiences for fans and people that are engaged with you know it could work for a brand whatever no like, you could be like an independent brand that's coming out now and you just want to start dropping nfts alongside it and like Steve Aoki is another one that's doing really cool stuff in the space that like he does stuff where like he puts like a NFC chip in like they put like NFC chips in like hoodies so it's like physical merch they put these odd chips in the hoodies and only like the super fans got these hoodies and then when they went to the gigs like you're you know you know like we're the only one that put these hoodies and so we're those people and then like the chips like unlocked like exclusive stuff that was like geo like it was like programmed to be like only available in that geolocation. And so it's like really, you know, it's kind of like gamification and premium experience and kind of creating this like tribalism with fan bases. So there's so much fun stuff that you can start doing. And I think it's like about experimenting with it because I don't think there's a formula, like there's no formula here. So that's really exciting to me. That sounds very exciting. You've got me excited. <laughs> um, yeah, I think as an artist that you can actually kind of track like yeah who your super fans are i think that's um amazing without having to rely on all these like millions of vendors and platforms and stuff like that i think um yeah i think that's something really special and like artists are notoriously bad at tracking um like get, getting email addresses like i was actually at a conference last week and talking to someone that's like a proper veteran in the music industry and like without getting too much into it like music artists and their managers like they have a, they have so many jobs like their their plate is like stretched like it's so full of stuff and like they are notoriously really bad at collecting email addresses or phone numbers like it just doesn't really happen it's always like the last thing on the list it never happens and like i think like by issuing the nfts you can make it a lot less like manual and you can start like kind of implementing like a bit more of a i don't know like a more manageable way of doing it, it feels like a lot less yeah, like manual vibes, I think. Yeah, totally. Um, I was going to ask about kind of combining physical and digital experiences, but I feel, I feel like we kind of touched up on that already, like, you know, having the in real life events um, and then also having like a token to kind of show them that, you know, you've been there and things like that or token gating these experiences. Um, but what about in terms of kind of more kind of items and stuff? Are you seeing anything interesting there? um ellie yeah um for example with the collection that i worked on um with the fabricant 
what a person is buying is an NFT. It's a digital animation, essentially, of three different types of hats with fabrics that I created. Um, but also, so now you have that in your wallet, you have that online, but they've also allowed for you to then get access to an AR filter of that hat in the original design, um, which you can now integrate into, you know, video calls or whatever online you can potentially even use it in VR for certain things. Like the use cases are expanding, but it's a super interesting um, example, I think, of of like hybrid, you know, digital, phys- you know, experiences. I mean, in this case, it's all digital, but it's getting closer and closer as our identities are getting most more and more online um, to really being able to have like real world applications for, you know, these digital goods, which I'm, I thought was really cool and exciting. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the idea of having, yeah, these kind of Web3 fashion brands, um, it sounds so cool. It's kind of really kind of creating your, you know, your virtual avatar. You know, it's kind of like a step up from like, you know, the PFP. It's like, yeah, so. And like people spend the money, the money that is spent on like Roblox and like Fortnite, like, I, I don't know like the numbers on it, but like they spend more, I think like Fortnite takes more money in like, in terms of like the skins and stuff than like any of the fashion houses do. So it just makes to like for people to kind of like play off that like digital fashion is like, Oh, like who wants to spend like all their time online or like if they play it off that it's not, it's like, it's already happening. It's here. And like, there's already insane things happening. Um, people, kids are spending like money, like real money, Money on like real fashion because it may you know it's important to them and going back to that like virtual communities book I was talking about like they were talking about like communities back like really early days like we're talking like 30 years ago like the earliest communities and people were like really interested in like customizing their avatar then like and 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 so this is not a new phenomenon people talking about this technology like it's like some crazy future thing that like no one cares about and it's not it's not here yet like it's been here it's been here for the last 30 years people are always really interested in whatever form they take whether real life or digital in expressing themselves and showing off their personality it's why like the sims is like a really really like major um like game still and like on most people on like digital platforms spend more time like actually like customizing their avatar than they do like in any of the rest of the game. Do you know what I mean? Like often there's like a drop off after that point because people just love doing that. And, um, you know, you're seeing like these big fashion houses, like doing digital versions of their like real life products and them selling for more than the physical products. So that just shows you like how important people find it of like this merging of our in real life, um physical beings with like our digital personas and like if anything like a digital persona is like kind of like the person that you want to be you know like or if all bets were off like that's the person you want to be and then the and the in real life person's like maybe like apart from ellie who's like literally bright colors but like most people are like the muted version of their online self you know so it's like those things have to combine you know um because they're already doing it this is not new um yeah it's just fun you know, people people love that. There's just something so fun about it. Um, this is so random, but I remember when I was like twelve or something, and there used to be those kind of like online doll makers. If you guys remember those, where you just have you have like a little like pixelated doll yeah. and you have all the little outfits on. 
Yeah, I would spend hours yeah. like making outfit combinations and like changing the hairstyle. Then I would like screenshot all the little designs, yeah. and I found that you know very any, amusing. So any online, any online com- community that you've ever found, like there is a real investment in like customization of avatar, like like Neopets, Neopets, you could customize your Neopet, Habo Hotel, you could buy furniture and like decorate your Habo Hotel. And like, it's just, this is like, it's just totally been happening. And it's just like, it would only make sense that like your physical self, your physical taste, physical fashion brands, or, or, you know, going to the Beyonce, physically going to the Beyonce concert, it would only make sense that those two things would just become closer and closer together as the technology evolves. Absolutely. Well, that is very exciting. Um, but I think we're gonna we're gonna wind this down now. So this has been so fun. Like I've learned so much from you guys. So thank you so much. Um, just one more. Just have a last question, which is, what is your favorite upcoming luxury project? I, I know I already mentioned it, but the Louis Vuitton trunks. Um, I'm really I can't say it's a favorite yet because it hasn't like fully dropped so I don't know if I'm curious to see what the execution will will be like but it's definitely one of the more exciting things that I've heard of um, coming up in the luxury uh, space in web3 it's been kind of a quiet year for web3 so yeah definitely that nice what about you Charlotte well, my thing doesn't exist, but I'm just pitching it right now. So just in case Beyonce's team listens to this podcast. <laughs> so I went to the Beyonce show, uh, not last weekend, the weekend before, and the visuals were astounding. Like, I've never been to a live show where the visuals were just, oh, chef's kiss, so fucking cool. Sorry, my loud to swear. So, like, so cool so beautiful i found out it's like a british digital artist that did them like woman really just amazing i want that i want all i think that beyonce should have issued an nft with her tickets when she sold her tickets and then should have made those visuals available to nft ticket nft ticket holders so they could live with those visuals forever so beyonce just like fyi next tour because if you did it with an nft then you could guarantee that like only the people that went to the shows who paid for the tickets could keep experiencing that live show after the show like you could make it so that like only those people like it's not like readily available you know all these things they could experience it in like high def and they could have those visuals and like own them like to me that would be so sick so sick so yeah it's not it doesn't exist but i'm just like pitching it as an idea dream project please <laughs> only a matter of time it's only a matter of time trust me so um yeah we'll keep an eye out for that and then we'll know it was charlotte's um idea <laughs> yeah you want to say you owe me money <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully you get to her first and then you think you know can make a nice yeah you know, make a nice sum out of that. <laughs> She's absolutely in our beta test group. I just haven't revealed that now. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, working on it, working on it, you know. <laughs> um, but thank you so much, um, Charlotte and Ellie. That was really fascinating, and um, I've learned a lot. So there's so much for me to go away and think about. So thank you so much, and um, yeah, that brings us to the end of the podcast. 